Hey fam, let's catch the moment. We open this space with the knowledge that the land in which we are located is occupied and unceded territories. On this, their traditional land and ancestral home, join us in acknowledging the tribal groups from where we personally vibe, including the Kickapoo, Kansas, Osage, Odos, Missouri, Padawami, Sioux, Shawnee, Wyandotte, Choctaw, and Chitty Macha tribes. We look to you as we become better stewards of the land we inhabit. Peace and love. Let go. Hello, 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 friends. What's up and welcome to the We Out Here podcast, a place to hear the stories of black, brown and indigenous folks in science and nature. You're listening to your boy. Alexi G coming to you from the Bobancha, aka New Orleans, and with me as always from a new location, the one, ah, the only. It's happening! It's all happening! It's Allison. <laughs> yeah, there she is. I am now on the lands of the Nehagansit. No wait, Nehagansit. Nehagansit. The Nehagansit. Yeah. Tribes, yeah, or she tribe got rather, but um, on the settler's map, it would be known as Providence, Rhode Island, and I've got a three-year sentence here. <laughs> she <laughs> so, made it. She I mean, made it. Damn, Allison, <laughs> you traveled from the core of the U.S. to the Rhine. That's so wild. I did. I did, and all for like school. What a strong well, choice, school, man! Right? <laughs> wow, we love to see yeah. black and brown. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, yes, black and brown. Allison (laughs) isn't the only spectacular, fantastic person on this podcast. We have a special guest, a fantastic guest. Actually, one of our most instrumental guests on the program. Go ahead, introduce yourself with your name, your pronouns, and what you do. I am Jada Elcock. (laughs) I use she, her pronouns. I am a PhD student at the MIT and Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution for biological, oh, and then the, the joint program. For biological oceanography. It's very confusing. So we call it the MIT Hui JP for BO. Yes. I remember seeing that on their website. Yes. yes. Amazing. Yes. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I research sharks, their movement ecology, migration cool. patterns, behavioral ecology, all of that stuff. And I currently am residing in the lands of the Nasset and Wampanoag tribes. I live on Cape Cod. So, and Please forgive me if I've said those incorrectly. I've listened to them pronounced a couple times, but there's still a chance I got it wrong. So I'm so sorry if I did. Can we take a moment and just flowers, flowers, flowers to Jada? Because if you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't know. But Uh Wittol, a.k.a. Hui, is a very big deal. Getting a PhD in general is a very big deal. And and going to Hui is like mm, top, I would say top five in the world. (laughs) It's definitely top three in the country. Yeah. All right. Now, Jada, who's better, sharks or dolphins? Sharks. Show your work. Show my work? Okay. Well, sharks are incredibly intelligent predators. They (laughs) will not come after (laughs) humans on purpose. I'm not necessarily saying that dolphins do, but like, mm. I just have, (laughs) I feel like I have like, I'm obligated to have some sort of distrust towards marine mammals because I'm a shark scientist. It's almost like a rivalry type of thing. Mm. Mind you, of course, I love all animals. I believe all animals are on this planet for a reason. Evolution got them here for a reason. 
I'm just saying sharks are significantly cooler. There are over 500 species of sharks, which just tells you how important and how cool they are. So, yeah. Okay, Jada. Jada. Top shark. The thresher shark. shark. I thresher shark. Is that a little cutie that you had in your picture? It was. Yeah, they're so cute because like. So they always look terrified. Like they, they need someone else to ask for ketchup at McDonald's. They cannot do it themselves. Uh-huh. It's so cute. But they also have like this tail that is like half their entire body length. Um, right. It's a mm-hmm. shark that hunts with its ass. That's hilarious. Like it just... it Come again? It, yeah. It swims like as fast as it can at like a bait ball. And then it like scorpion whips over the top of its head to like stun or kill anything in front of it. And then it just goes through and collects Gosh. whatever's not moving. That is so cool. Genuinely, I don't understand how animals underwater do that. Like, you know, we'll see videos of orcas hunting with their tail. And I'm like, how do you move something laterally through the water at that amount of speed in order to inflict that amount of force? It's, it's just crazy. They're just so strong. <laughs> so, Allison, Allison, I got to ask you. I got to throw yeah. it back to you. What yeah. is your top shark? What is your favorite shark? I feel like I've already asked you this, but I'm going to ask it I don't again. Know that I have a favorite shark okay. because sharks are hard for me i will say <laughs> gosh darn it, i love the basking shark yeah oh, they're cute yeah right they're like if you had a wind sock come to life that's what the basking it really shark is, is. It, and yes. it's crazy because every time i see a video pop off of a basking shark it's always yeah. some jabroni on the news who's like Yo, look at this monster dangerous shark. And it's like, dog, it's the softest shark in the world, bro. Softest like, shark bro. in the world. I'm not recommending it, but you can legit just like peekaboo inside that face. Like, no problem. Yeah. What I think is so fascinating is that literally the world's largest creatures, like uh, largest, largest creatures, are like yeah. the most kind and gentle so creatures. Chill. Like, it's so strange to me. But then, like, land mammals want to come and just really be reckless. But yeah, I like elephants are disrespectful. Like, the largest animals in the world are just like, I'm just here. And they're filter yeah. feeders. That doesn't make sense feeders. to it's me. Crazy. Yeah. How are you getting? It's not I supposed don't... to make sense. I know. It's supposed <laughs> just, to just be joyful. I don't understand <laughs> yeah, how they're getting this big eating literally like grains of rice, essentially. I'm like, what do you, yeah. how? What is happening? I don't get it. I, it's a different it's, metabolism. It's one it's I can't up. understand. It's mind shattering. So Jada. Yeah. You know, brass tacks, how do you get into marine science in the first place? Was there something in general, like growing up, that got you involved in it? Or did it just kind of happen by accident in school it or was, in any other way? You know? it, it was mostly me being stubborn, honestly. And so That's I, what I'm talking about. <laughs> I grew up in landlocked states and like okay. I lived in Illinois till I was 10. And then I grew up in Arizona after that. And my brothers and I always like went outside Ooh, searching for like whatever animals we could find, snakes, scorpions, spiders, frogs, anything to just like look at and be like, how do you exist in the world? What are you? Explain Uh yourself. And so we did that a lot, but I guess I didn't really have obviously the option to do that with the ocean because I was nowhere near it. And so I think curiosity kind of got the best of me. And I like Mm -hmm. started watching a lot of like nature documentaries and shows on like Animal Planet and all that jazz. And I knew from like infancy, everyone did. They were like, that girl's going to work with animals. And then it wasn't until probably like high school where I was like, but maybe the ocean. And everyone was like, what? You live in the middle of the (laughs) desert. What are you talking about? And I was like, but no, seriously, the ocean. 
And then I was like, <laughs> if anyone in the ocean needs help, it's going to be sharks because we're so mean to them and they're very misunderstood. And we think they're these evil things, uh -huh. but in reality, they're unbelievably important to our ocean ecosystems and like the health of our oceans. And so I was like, let's do sharks. And everyone was like, I feel like that's a really hard field to get into. It seems very competitive. Maybe you should pick a plan B. And I was like, no. So I didn't. And now here I am. So I'm just very Damn, stubborn. Jumped without a parachute and still landed on your feet. That's crazy. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. It's definitely story time. Mm -hmm. So this was my first time being out on the ocean for multiple days at a time. Uh, so far that I literally could not see land. We were like 100 miles off the coast of Cape Cod. We were out in the Northeast Canyons and Seamounts Marine National Monument. What a mouthful. Everyone just calls it the canyons <sighs> or the seamounts, depending on which part you're in. I was out in the canyons. Uh -huh. As someone growing up in the desert, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And it was just, I guess, just like a story of like the whole experience. There was so much happening. I was going out for field work. But it was my first time swimming with wild sharks, my first time seeing every single species of organism that I saw while I was out there, like in person, um, which I think was like 27 different species or something like that. Like seabirds, tunas, sharks, literally anything, rays, whatever. My first time tagging a shark and just overall an incredible experience. So I guess maybe to get into some of the details. So this was my first time going out to the canyons. I was very excited about it. My advisor couldn't go with, so I was just with a bunch of, like, I was the only woman in person of color on the boat. But oh. everyone on the boat was super awesome, super friendly. They were just random strangers that I had never met, but my advisor was like, You're going to love them. They're super awesome guys. They took me in and were like, This is how we do things. It's going to be great. I'll teach you how to drive the boat if you feel like it. We go spearfishing. We do whatever. Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. So it was amazing. So rather than like what most people do is they like jet out like four in the morning, they like jet out, get there around sunrise, whatever. We decided to leave in like the evening and do like an eight hour, like slower going type of deal out there. Mind you, this is like a hundred miles. And so what time of year is this? August. Oh, so it's hot. Yeah. No, and it's, it's great because yeah. we were out in the Gulf Stream. The water was like 77 to 80 yeah, degrees. Cool. It was it was great. I didn't need a wetsuit. It was wonderful. But so we did like a slow jet out there and like everyone took shifts of like watching to make sure we didn't hit anything. And I was so excited to be like, all right, I'm in charge of this boat. Everyone else is asleep. It like, I didn't actually have to do anything. It was like steering for us, but they were like, if you see something come up on the radar, it's probably a lobster trap. Make sure we don't hit it and like steer away from it and then steer us back in line. And at first was like, oh my God. That's terrifying. And then a lobster trap came and I went like this, a little to the right and a little back to the left. And I was like, dope, all right, that was super easy. Like, I'm not concerned. Um, and it was amazing. And then so when we got there around sunrise and this was just like their, you know, fishing boat. So they were like, we're going to go fishing a little bit before we wait for our spotter pilot to come out and tell us where the whale sharks are. Because that was the goal was to go looking for whale sharks to tag them. So we're out there, we're just hanging out. They're fishing, doing their thing. And then we see a freaking tiger shark. And it was so cool. And I was thrilled. I was the only one anywhere ready to get in the water. So I got in the water a little bit and like just held onto the side of the boat and was like looking around. The visibility was pretty good, but like I had no idea where this shark was. Like I knew that it was around me. And I was like, I've never actually been in the water with a shark before. I was like, you know, maybe I should just get out. This feels like a bad idea. My first 
shark dive should not be me in the water alone with a predator. Like, <laughs> just not great. straight up clinging to the boat like a wet puppy. Like, yeah, no, no. I on. mean, I mean a little bit, but and then I was just like, okay, I don't know where it is. I would be able to see it coming, but like this feels like maybe not the best of ideas. So I'm just gonna get out. We didn't see it again after that. I think it got a little skittish once I got in the water, but yeah. So tiger yeah. shark markings, I, I mean, kind of self-explanatory. It's a tiger shark, so it's got, like, little stripes along its body, like dorsal fin down to stomach type of stripes, which mm. other sharks mm. don't have, and it is gorgeous. If you see them, sometimes they fade a little bit as they get older, but when you see them and they're pretty prominent, I'm just like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. So you jumped in the water and tried to swim with the tiger shark. It disappeared, <laughs> and then... And then our spotter pilot came out, and so... We have to have a spotter pilot in order to see the whale sharks. We can't, you know, for a lot of sharks, you can, like, toss a line in the water with some bait on it and, like, pull the shark in because they're predators. But the whale shark doesn't work that way. They're, first of all, probably as big as your boat if you're in the right size boat. We were in, like, a 35-foot boat, and they can get up to, like, 40 feet. They are incredibly large. They are the largest fish on the entire planet. But they're also filter feeders, so Mm -hmm. you can't, like, throw a bunch of fish in the water and have it just come up and be like, sounds great, it's dinner time. So we just have to kind of wait until we find them on the surface, and the easiest way to find them on the surface is to send a spotter pilot out Mm. and just kind of, you know, they're scanning. A lot of the times they're, like, photographers, too, so they're just, like, snapping pictures as they go along, like, oh, I found a whale, oh, I found potted dolphins. Hey, guys, here's the coordinates for this whale shark that I just found. He's sitting at the top, he's not diving, you have a chance to get over here and tag it. So at that point, I'm like losing my mind. I was like, I'm about to see the largest fish species on the planet. And so we jet out there to, oh, I was probably, I don't know, 20 minute boat ride or whatever to whatever these coordinates were. We get over there, the spotter pilot continues on to find more sharks. But before they do that, they kind of like get us in line with the shark. Cause we want to basically set ourselves up to be like T-boned by the shark almost. Uh, so that we can okay. get dropped in the water. Interesting, okay as the shark is coming towards us so that we don't have to chase it. Cause you're not catching up with a whale shark if you're swimming. I've tried, okay. I have failed. Are they, are they fast? <laughs> uh, yeah, fast I mean, you if you're swimming, be. yeah, it's slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. can be fast for sure. But I was swimming and I had fins that I got from like a thrift store because I was like, this is last minute. I just need something. I didn't have any fins yet. So I just grabbed them. They were terrible. Uh-huh. They were too small for my feet. It was a mess. But so we got ourselves positioned and they're like, all right, we're jumping in the water. So we get in the water. I've got my GoPro to help identify the sharks. If you get a good enough image of their spot patterns, you can identify exactly what individual that is because their spot patterns are as unique to them as fingerprints are to humans. Wow. So if you, yeah, if you get a good enough image of the side of the shark, you can absolutely identify which gigantic friend you're looking at, which is really cool. So I got a bunch of pictures and videos of that while I was out there, but... I'm ready. I've got my GoPro and I'm like swimming there. I'm just following the people that are out in front of me. They're going to be doing the tagging. I was just following them. And I was just like, okay, like, where is this shark? I don't even understand. Like the visibility's good. I'm supposed to be able to see it. And then I see one of the guys is looking over towards like my left. And I look over and I was like, oh my God. And it's just this gigantic <laughs> face like swimming right at me. And I was like, what is going on? Like. I couldn't even, like, begin to understand what was happening. And then you just see, like, the whole length of this shark. And you're like, yeah, 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 like, 25 feet. I know what that looks like. No, you don't. Not when it's a (laughs) freaking shark. Like, there's no way for you to imagine that. And even now, I'm like, I've seen it, and I can't imagine it. It's crazy. 
And so I'm just sitting here like trying to get a good video, but I'm too excited and my hands are shaking and I'm like moving all over the place. The video I got was, it's wild, but we got someone out here trying to tag it. So we're using satellite tags on this shark so that when they come to the surface, the tag breaks the surface of the water, it transmits and it tells us whatever data we want it to tell us. Usually it tells oh. us location, depth. Sometimes you can get it to tell you temperature, but usually that's kind of a lot for it to transmit all at once. So we just, you know, we pick and choose what we want it to transmit. We're trying to tag it. And again, like, you know, with a shark this big or really any shark, like their skin is really thick. So just trying to take, and especially while you're swimming, trying to take like a dart stick type of thing and like shove this into their dorsal fin, you're not okay. going to be able to do it. It's not going to work. No. I've done it on smaller sharks. It doesn't work on a shark that big. Their skin is so thick and it's made out thick, of dermal yeah. denticles. If you don't know what dermal denticles are, they're, <laughs> it literally translates to skin teeth. Their scales yeah. are basically modified teeth and it is incredibly rough and hard to get through. So we had to use like a spear gun, essentially. This doesn't bother the shark. These sharks are enormous. Their skin is unbelievably thick. If you hit them with it and you're hitting it in a spot where it's not gonna hit their organs or anything, you're hitting them in like their fins. They don't have any nerve receptors there. They're not gonna feel it. It's like That's getting like your ear piercing. pierced. Exactly. Or like, honestly, not even, cause they don't even really feel it. Yeah. Let me specify, that's not to say that sharks don't feel pain. They just don't feel it the same way we do. It's not beneficial for them to learn from pain the way we do. So again, well, I was not the tagger because I had not yet tagged an animal with a satellite tag. I don't think it would have been safe for anyone in the water for me to be holding a spear gun. It's not a good idea. That's just not my deal. Um, You're about to tag the homie. Right. So I'm just like, I'll just have the camera. This is fine. And it was great. Like the yeah. guys, they did everything right. There was some malfunction with the tag or with the spear gun or whatever it was. The tag didn't stick. And so we tried again. It still didn't stick. There was something going on. We tried to tag three different sharks this weekend. Not a single one of those tags stuck. So I don't know what <laughs> happened. All the sharks were just like, and then just like disappeared. Um, <laughs> and they'll, they heal so quickly. Like we definitely like, you know, it's not that it didn't go through the skin cause it did, but you could like take mm. like a chunk of their skin and muscle, like biopsy the shark and like two weeks later, this is on sharks that I've worked with, like in Florida. Two weeks later, if you catch the same shark, you can't even tell that you biopsied. Like they heal so fast that Whoa. it does not even make sense. Again, they don't learn it from makes pain sense the why way we do. Entire group has lasted that long. Exactly. So all these sharks ended up with a little nick on their skin, and then it inevitably healed very quickly, and they went off, and we never got to see where they went to because the tags didn't work. <sighs> but. Aside from failing to tag every shark we saw, I did get to see some awesome uh -huh. stuff. So I saw some tuna, I saw some mahi-mahi, I saw some Chilean devil rays, which I had heard about. Wow. So like, what were those days like when you got to see the rays and the fish, or was that also incorporated in seeing the sharks, the whale sharks? So yeah, all of this was just while we were waiting for the spotter pilot to let us know when there was another shark somewhere. And we were like, you know, it's a little warm. Let's jump in the water. Let's do whatever. We're like, oh, there's a ray right here. Let's jump in the water. You know, obviously like keep your distance, but like, you know, just get in the water, see it for a little bit, exist in the same space as it. And then we move on with our day. We got in the water and this one ray was just swimming around and very curious, like very curious for like 10 minutes, just swimming around, hanging out, circling around us. It swam like maybe a foot underneath me and I like picked my feet up because I didn't want to like 
touch it and get in its way or anything, and it just Ooh, swam like right it. underneath me real slow, and then just like, you know, circled back around and did it again, and I was like, oh, what a beautiful little friend, just hanging out. And then we got word that another uh, whale shark was nearby, and so we had to jet off again, but I was like, bye, friend, like, I'll never forget you, it was so cool, it was like, I'm just existing in this space uh-huh. with this organism that I think is so awesome, and like, I was just so excited to see it, and be there with it and be like, this is something that I've read about and was so excited about for so uh-huh. long. And now I get to like see it in person and understand like how you work and the way that you function and the way that you interact with your environment. And I was just losing my mind. So that day that all of that transpired, what was the going back to camp? Going back to the dock, it was very similar, like very slow journey back to dock and everything. But I was just like, oh. Like, I have to leave this place. And I was like, look, I haven't had phone service in three days. I haven't heard anything from my family. And also, mind you, during this entire thing, my sister-in-law was pregnant and her due date was like two days before I had gone. But he wasn't born yet. And so I was just like, I'm going to miss the birth of my nephew. Like, I'm not going to, I'm going to come back. And it'll be like three days ago. I got a text message. I was just a little nervous about that. But like, on the way back, I was just kind of sad. I was like, you know this was a really cool experience. I'm really glad I got to have this experience. I'm like kind of bummed that it's over, like trying to look out the windows of the boat and like back on the deck, like looking out to see if I could see any last animals, like as we're on our way back in. And then I, we got back, but I got word then that like the next weekend we were going out again. And so I was like pumped. I was like, oh yeah, like, let's go. I'm ready for round two. Let's do it. And that was awesome because my advisor was going with, we had a new type of tag that we were going to put on them that we did successfully put on them. We did not successfully get them back, unfortunately. So Uh we like, that was the biggest journey of trip number two, right? Was this biologger type of thing. This is a tag that I'm using for my research. It basically, you know, it's a logger, not a transmitter. It doesn't transmit to satellites. So you have to retrieve it in order to get any of the data back. So you put it on the animal and it'll give you depth, temperature, acceleration, magnetometer readings, all kinds of stuff. And it was awesome. So you can look at all these super fine scale movements in super high resolution, like multiple Hertz. And I was very, very excited about it. And so this was my first time putting a biologger on any animal ever. And I placed it. We had the spotter pilot. We had positioned the boat. We get in the water and my advisor's like, go put that on that shark. And I was like, amazing. So I get out there, I'm swimming as fast as I can with my creepy little fins, and I'm in line Uh with the shark, and I place it on its dorsal fin, which is unbelievably massive. I can't even describe, it was like, this is my torso, as one fin, this is nothing to you. And I position it, there's a camera on it too, so I tilt it down so you can see the head of the shark perfectly. And my advisor was like, you made that look so easy, it's placed beautifully, that video's gonna be fantastic. And it never came back. We have a satellite tag on it to let us know. Like, it'll float, and it pings, and it'll tell us where it is so we can go pick it up. The problem was we relied on technology to tell us what was happening. And this technology was a timer that was going to corrode the wire that had it attached to the fin and then let it pop up. Because it was on a fin clamp that you had to, like, open, and the mechanics of it are a little confusing. But basically, it didn't come off of the Uh fin clamp. The fin clamp is heavy, so it can't float with the fin clamp. So when the fin clamp fell off, the tag fell off with it, and it It sank to the bottom of the ocean, and I never got it back. Oh, my gosh. 
So after you get this thing clamped on, mm-hmm. uh, you swim away, and then I assume you swim back onto the boat. Mm-hmm. What was that like celebration like? How, how oh, were you feeling? I was like, I'm on top of the world. No one can touch me. I am the world's best shark scientist. <laughs> like I was feeling so <laughs> good because I got like Damn. you always you, you know, went you went to ten. <laughs> immediately to zero. So you're yeah. like, I'm the best. No, I mean, I was so excited because, like, it was supposed to stay on for, uh-huh. like, 12 hours. And so we get back to the boat, and I'm, you know, my advisor's like, that was awesome. You made it look so easy. Everyone's cheering. We're like, we just put a biologger on a freaking whale shark. This data's going to be absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. It's going to help us with some different projects, all this stuff. We were very excited. Up until 12 hours later, when we were supposed to pick up you know, like we had our tablet out, we're waiting for it to ping and whatever. And my advisor was like, it should have pinged by now. You know, maybe it's just stuck on something. We'll give it a couple minutes, blah, blah, whatever. And so we're waiting. And I also was very excited to try and retrieve it because I had never retrieved a biologger before. I was like, this is going to be super fun. It's like a little like needle in a haystack type of hunt. Once we find where the location is, we just have to like look out for like this bright colored, like yellow box in the water and it's going to be great Mm. and then we get to collect our tag and cheer because we have our data and so I'm sitting here anxious and I could feel the energy coming from my advisor that he was like I don't want to tell her that this tag's not coming back but I have to tell her that this tag's not coming back and then he was like Dude, I think the timer didn't work, and I don't think we're getting the tag back. And I was like no! I was was like my first time tagging a shark, you're going to tell me that it's not coming back, I'm cursed. Because I was the one that put the tag on. So I was like, I'm the one that's cursed. Every other time we had tried to go out by a logger tagging, we didn't even get any bites on our lines from like swordfish or whatever. We got nothing. And I was like, it's me, I'm cursed. It's my fault. But then the next day, you know, we tagged another one. It was also supposed to come off after 12 hours. My advisor put that tag on and it also didn't come back. The curse is lifted. So we're out and the spotter pilots are like, all right. Y'all, we found another shark. Actually, they had been seeing, like, they had seen, like, a couple dozen. So they're like, look, there's one over here, there's one over here, there's one over here. Take your pick. They're everywhere. And we were like... Get that data. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're like, all right, let's take the pick. Like, we'll pick the closest one, which happened to be, like, an hour. So we had to, like, track out there for an hour. It stayed at the surface uh-huh. that whole time somehow. We were so grateful. So we get in the water and I'm ready to tag it. I have the tag in hand. My advisor's filming me. I'm swimming out as fast as I can. My fins are, I've mentioned it a hundred times. I'll say it a hundred more times. These fins were Mm -hmm. awful. And I tried so hard to keep up with it. And then she starts diving a little bit. She's like 10 feet below the water. And I'm like, dude, I can't. And so stay up. I had to look at my advisor and I have like this panic in my eyes of like, oh my gosh, it's my fault. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get the tag on this animal. And my advisor's like, oh, don't worry about it. Switch with me. And so I take the camera. He takes the tag. He's got these like three foot long free diving fins. And he just jets out there. You can see it on my video. All you can see for a couple seconds is just bubbles because he was going so fast. He gets out there, dives down deep enough, gets the tag on. He comes back and he was like, all right, the tag is on. It's not placed as well as Jada's tag, unfortunately, but it's still in a good place. We're going to have some awesome data. So... The next day is when we're looking for the tags, both of them. And so mine was supposed to pop up. It didn't come back. He was like, it's all right. We've got a few more hours. We're going to look for the second one and we'll retrieve that one. And I was like, all right, great. I still get to practice my retrieving skills. This is going to be awesome. Couple hours pass. And he's like, I'm not getting any pins, guys. I don't think this one's coming back either. And I was like, 
I was so mad because I was like, I was ready to like name these sharks like in my data sheets and be like little cutesy mm-hmm. little like just be kind of obnoxious about it. You know, I was so ready. And so we're sitting here on the top of the boat because there's a little like, you know, top deck type of thing. I don't know how to explain boats. Uh-huh. I'm the desert girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're on like the little top of the boat. Sad that it didn't ping. My advisor and I just sitting there. I'm devastated we didn't get these tags back, but like it is what it is. And like my advisor seemed very calm and I felt like I was like almost on the verge of tears. I was like, I'm so sad. Like we didn't get these tags back. Also, mind you, they were like thirteen thousand uh-huh. dollars a piece. So we're I was gonna ask how devastated. expensive those are. Yeah. I mean it's like twenty grand. Yeah. There. It was that's super crazy. sad. But like I mean, like, I feel like that's almost a rite of passage as a scientist. Like you're gonna lose something to the ocean at some point and it's gonna be very sad. But it's going to happen. It is inevitable. So you just kind of, you know, mm. accept it. You tried your best. It's not your fault unless it's your fault. But in this case, it was not our <laughs> fault. <laughs> so I was kind of like, this wasn't my fault, right? And my advisor was like, no, of course this wasn't your fault. It happens. It sucks. We're sad. But And I love the way that he went about this, his like way of thinking. He was like, this just tells us where the flaws are in our tags, and it gives us the opportunity to design a new model that will be better. And I'm like, amazing. So now I have something else to be excited about. I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to help with like mm-hmm. engineering a new tag. And like the attachment right, mechanisms yeah. are going to be different and all this stuff. And so it just, though I was devastated that I didn't get this data, it gave me the prospects for like a different part of another project of, right. you know, d- helping to design another tag. Which we eventually did, and now we have to test these out, which I'm very excited about. Cool. So we get back. Mind you, I get back. The day I get back, I get a text message that my nephew was born. So I book a flight. I'm coming home to go visit my newborn nephew. I'm so excited. Uh And it was amazing. So I'm back home in Arizona. My advisor's, like, in Idaho or something. And our postdoc is the only one that's in... Massachusetts at the time, we get a call from our postdoc Martini, and he's like, yo, one of these tags just popped up. Am I devastated? It was not the tag that I deployed, so I'm still a little bitter about that, but one of the tags (laughs) came back, and I'm just like, we're like, okay, well, how do we get out here? Again, it's still like 100 miles off the coast, maybe farther, because the shark has moved. It's been on the shark for like five days. It was only supposed to be like 12 hours. So we're like, what do we do? So we have to get Someone, we we gotta like charter a boat, have someone drive us all the way out there. And by us, I mean Martini, because again, my advisor and I were not even close. And so I still didn't get to practice my retrieval tactics uh-huh. or whatever. But this tag finally comes back. I had hope for a couple days that the other one would come back and it never did. But we did get some data from a whale shark and it was more data than we anticipated because it had stayed on for like five days. So we have right, right. awesome video. You can see the shark's little dumb face, and he's just like, "Go!" It looks like he's going so slow, but I'm like, "Dude, you you're going real fast. Like slow for you, but I, there's no way I could swim this fast." Just watching it swim back and forth, you know, paying attention to the tail beat frequencies, paying attention to like dive patterns, like at the surface. And five minutes later, it's pitch black, and they've obviously gone into the ocean twilight zone. And I'm like, this okay. is the craziest and coolest thing ever. So even though it wasn't the tag that I put on, I am beyond excited to have been part of this like adventure to get this tag on this animal. And now we have data from a, a whale shark yeah. off the coast of Cape Cod. 
so it was just this crazy adventure. It was this this little desert girl being so excited to go out in the ocean, finally tagging a shark, finally swimming with sharks. I just, uh, you know, I'm not usually speechless, but this experience left me speechless and it is just the coolest thing I've ever done. And I hope that I get to do it again soon. And I hope that anyone that wants to experience something like that has the chance to do it because it just gives you like a whole new appreciation for the world and like how small we are, but how Mm -hmm. big of an impact we have and how important these individual animals really are. And just being able to connect with the ocean and nature in a way that I never really anticipated, especially with like being from the desert. I was like, this is something that I've dreamed about for Uh so long and an organism that I've always wanted to see. And I got to exist peacefully in the same space with these animals. And it was just the coolest thing ever. So did you like swim as a kid at all? Uh, yes, actually I loved swimming. Um, I think, so I was a springboard diver from middle school all the way through high school. Um, I almost dove in college, but I decided not to, I joined the honors program instead because I'm a nerd. Um, but (laughs) weird flex, weird flex, actually no great flex, great flex. I uh, wonderful flex. I, Absolutely loved swimming as a kid. Always. Um, I think Uh honestly, one of my first memories was being at the bottom of a pool um, and just seeing like how the water reflected down. Um, And I was at the Mm -hmm. bottom because I was like a year and a half to two years old and couldn't swim yet. And I was in the kiddie pool and my mom and dad were like watching my older brothers who were like three years older than me in the big kid pool keeping an eye on me, of course, I decided, nah, 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 I'm not with this kiddie pool nonsense. So I got up and jumped into the big kid pool and immediately sank to the bottom. And my mother was like, I literally have to save your life for the third time. So I just like kept doing Uh it. I was like, no, I want to swim. And so then after that, they were like, I think we got to get this kid in swim lessons. Otherwise she's just going to drown herself. And like, we can't have that. So yeah, I Uh have always been in love with swimming, being in the water, especially when I was in the desert, I was like, let's go to the pool all day, every day. So yeah, I mean, maybe that's why I got so into marine science. I've always been like super attracted to the water. And then the idea that I could kind of use that to like shape my career, maybe that's kind of what happened there. Yeah. All right, Jada, it's that time in the show where we do shout outs. (gasps) Jada, who would you like to give some shout outs to? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I have to give a shout out to my other uh, co-founders of my nonprofit, Minorities and Shark Sciences, Amani Weber-Schultz, Jasmine Graham, and Carly Jackson. Oh wait, Carly Bohannon? She just got married. I can't remember Ooh. the new last name. I think it's Bohannon. <laughs> oh, congrats, Carly. <laughs> Bohannon. Congrats, Carly. Jackson. So they are all on Twitter. Carly and Amani are on Instagram. Make sure that you follow them all on Twitter. Jasmine is at Elasmogal. Carly, I believe, is the real Carly B. Of course, she had to. And Amani Uh is curly underscore biologist, I believe. So make sure you follow them. They are amazing. Quick shout out to the nonprofit itself. (laughs) Minorities and Shark Sciences. We have a website. It's MissElasmo.org. We're on all socials, Uh Miss underscore Elasmo. And we are dedicated to supporting women and gender minorities of color in the field of shark science because we all know, as with many fields, it has been predominantly a very pay-to-play, white male-dominated field. And we want to change Mm -hmm. that because Mm -hmm. everyone deserves to be involved in science and science needs everyone to succeed. So... Make sure you follow us on socials 
And for myself, I am on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. My handle is sophistication. And on Instagram, there's an underscore at the end. So yeah, that's what I got for you. Those are my shout outs. And that is my socials. I post a lot of shark content and science communication in general about a lot of random animals. And I'm happy to answer your questions Mm -hmm. about anything and everything all day. So follow me and send me questions. (laughs) Your handle made me think of one of my favorite jokes. Top 10 joke. Allison. Oh, no. What do you call Allison? (laughs) Yeah. Allison. What do you call a fish with no eyes? A fish. We out! (sighs) Terrible but incredible. We Out Here podcast is Allison Jones and Alexi Cruz's show theme by Spencer Sneddon and show graphics by Khalif Gillette. If you like this episode, give us a little rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at We Out Here Pod and on Instagram at The We Out Here Pod for all that We Out Here Pod news. If you're a black, brown, or indigenous person in science or nature and you want to share a story with our audience, hit us up on social media or on our email at weoutherepod at gmail.com. We'll also be linking our story submission form. This is a new thing that Allison and I are doing uh, to help give you guys better access to you know sharing those stories with us. Uh, so check that out. That'll be in the episode description. You can also find interviews with our illustrious guests. Uh, you can find bonus content like the extra epilogues. And you'll also have the opportunity to ask us questions if you join us on our Patreon. That new Patreon exclusive merch for the next year is actually in the works. So it'll be available to our top tier patrons uh, in the near future. So come on through, check us out, hook us up, pay us please. In oceanic news, I just found out about a little tiny crustacean that is virtually invisible and clear called the Cystosoma. So these little dudes are, they live as deep as like 900 meters down in like the inky black depths. And they have these gigantic eyes that ironically make them easy to see by predators. So what they do is they actually uh, spread their retinas or have their retinas spread out rather across their whole head in this super thin sheet, which reduces the amount of light that's reflected off of their eyes. It's pretty cool. Kind of mind blowing. And I highly recommend you guys look up the Cystosoma. So thanks for listening. Abolish the five-day work week. And now, get outside. Can I be rude and make you feel a little bit old? I'm so sorry. I started high school in 2012. Let's talk about it. I graduated (laughs) college in 2012.